welcome back to Channel Your Influence. Today's guest is Ariba Pervez. She is a full-time influencer and mother of three. She's also built an amazing community on her blog and Instagram, as well as YouTube. And today we're going to be discussing how she built her community, as well as her influence, and how she transitioned to a full-time influencer. Welcome, Ariba. Thank you for having me. So could you introduce yourself? When did you start blogging and vlogging? Um, So I started blogging about uh, four years ago. I was actually hairdressing full time for about 12, 13 years. And I was on maternity leave with my first baby. And I just was trying to kill time. And I started this blog just to kind of with no intent, really just to pass time. And then I started an Instagram to kind of uh, promote this blog. And I started posting some hairstyles. And then I started getting random requests to do some tutorials. So I started doing pictorials on my blog. And then I started getting questions on maybe starting some video tutorials. And I think that's when it pretty much started to take off when I started doing the video tutorials. That's awesome. So first you started on your blog and then you transitioned to Instagram and then YouTube when people started asking for videos. Well, I mean, I had this Instagram account for a while when I was hairdressing, but I never really made much use of it. Um, so the account was there. It just didn't become very active until after the blog. Right. So you just listened to your audience. They were asking for videos. So that really helped you build your YouTube following then. Yeah, I mean, I think I had an audience of 800 people at that point on my Instagram. So, Well, that's awesome. Well, now you've got over 300,000, which is amazing. And you've got over 50K subscribers on YouTube. So how did you grow your following? I'm just, uh, just staying consistent with my posts, really. I mean, I'm four years in and I've never missed a week. So, Wow, that's amazing. Yeah. So even if I don't have like time to shoot, I'll be sure to post throwbacks, just keep the content rolling at all times. So do you post every day on your Instagram? And Um, it started off with me posting every single day for the first two years. And then after the first three years, I started focusing on more quality than quantity. Mm -hmm. uh, Because after kind of playing around with my page for the first two years, I was I had learned what was doing well and what wasn't doing well. And those things change all the time. They change regularly. Um, But around the two year mark, I basically was getting a good idea. Um, so I started focusing on content solely that would grow my page instead of just posting content just to post something. That's really interesting. I like that you pointed that out because it's so important to look at your analytics and to audit your Instagram once in a while to see like what's performing well and what isn't. So could you like take us through that process if that's okay? Like what did that look like? How did you look at your analytics and decide what was performing well and what wasn't? Well, I was looking at, um, I had signed up for the, I had made it basically a business page. So I was able to access all of like the analytics from each post. So I would basically just kind of study those and see which ones did well, which, which ones had the most saves, shares, reposts, views. Um, and that's what I, and it wasn't necessarily, um, like, like a hair tutorial that would, one would perform well and one wouldn't perform well. Um, but they were both the same types of content. So then I would study why is this one performing better than this tutorial? Right. Um, so I would just kind of dig into that and then kind of figure it out in that way. 
Yeah. Did you ever have content that went viral that really helped you sort of cultivate that understanding of your niche? Yeah, definitely. I had about six, I think in the first like two or three years, I had like six or seven videos hit over a million views on, um, on Instagram. That's amazing. Congrats. Yeah. Thank you. That that's pretty much. But the thing is, is that it was just tricky because all six of those videos were so different. (laughs) Oh, interesting. So what were the videos like? They they were all hair tutorials though, right? They were hair or makeup tutorials. And I think the reason that some of them went viral is because of the personality or like the humor that was in them, not necessarily the content itself. Interesting. So yes. sometimes you would make like funny videos that, you know, would just grab people's attention and then they exactly. share it. Yeah, exactly. Or something that was like shocking. Oh, interesting. Do you have an example of that? So one of the videos that went viral was um, the first video that went viral. I was wearing like really dark black lipstick and I did a really, really funky haircut uh, hairstyle. And I don't think anybody was doing that at that time. And that was my first video to hit over a million views because it was just very eye-catching because nobody was really, you know, doing such dramatic makeup at that time, I guess. Or if they were, it wasn't it wasn't very common. Um, so I think it was just like a breath of fresh air. Right. Um, so that one was my first one to go viral. And then uh, another one that went viral was like me, you know, shaving my son's head, which is like such a normal thing for me to do. But I don't know. It was just shocking to people. So that went viral. So you had mentioned before when we first talked that your um, family content performed really well and you decided to focus on that. How did you yeah. like, make that transition to shift your niche? I mean, it was really easy considering um, when I started, I was I had only one baby. And within four years, I had three kids. So my kids were such a huge part of my life. It will, even if I didn't want them in the content, I don't think I would have that option because they're continuously like around me and they're jumping in all the time. So I just decided instead of fighting it to just kind of roll with it and just let them hop in and do whatever they want. And then I would just kind of roll with it and it just created really fun, lightheaded content. Yeah. And so before you began blogging, you were a full-time hairstylist. Um, So how did you make that transition to blogging full-time? Like, how long did that take? How did you decide you were comfortable quitting your full-time job and dedicating your entire career to being an influencer? So the first year that I started my blog, I was still working on the weekends at the salon. Um, And I would stay home during the week while my husband was at work. And then my husband would be off on the weekend, so he would watch our baby, and I would go to work Saturday and Sunday. And so I still had like a paycheck coming in. So I was basically doing part-time hairdressing and part-time blogging for the first year. And then after the first year, I felt comfortable enough where I was making the same amount of income blogging as I was hairdressing. Nice. Yeah. So that's when I basically started to kind of commit full-time to it. And I walked away from hair and I was pregnant with my second baby at this point. So when basically when my maternity leave for my second baby started, I didn't go back to work uh, ever again. Wow. That's amazing. So what advice do you have for say micro influencers who are looking to, you know, quit their jobs and do this full-time? Don't do it prematurely. Um, This is something that when you become an entrepreneur, you're, you're, income changes like regularly. You'll have a month where you're just killing it 
and then you'll have several months where it's just quiet. So you definitely need to make sure that you have, you know, enough money saved up and you're, you know, making a responsible decision. Um, We had a security blanket because my husband was still working. Um, He didn't go full time with me until two years, uh, until we were two years in. So we kind of had him as our security blanket. So that kind of helped. But I definitely wouldn't rush into it prematurely because, you know, it's, it's very up and down. Yeah. And you mentioned that your husband is working with you on this. So do you have a team? What does that look like? Um, we're actually in the process of building that right now. Uh, but for the past four years, it's just been me and him. Oh, nice. So yeah. how is it, what is it like working together on content? I mean, it's awesome. It's fun. Um, he does. So he has a background in um, IT. So he does all of the technicalities. Um, and then, you know, I come from the world of arts. So I do all the creative. So we kind of just merge that together. Oh, that's a great balance. Yeah. So when it comes to influencer income, it's usually like sponsored content, affiliate income. What has been like your primary source of income for your success? Is it is it the brand partnerships? Is it the affiliate partnerships? Um, uh, is it something else? It's definitely the brand, um, the brand partnerships for sure. Yeah. And you're represented by a talent agency. And has that helped you build more brand collaborations? Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it was basically, I signed with them about a year and a half, two years ago. And um, the reason I decided to kind of go that route is because my emails were starting to get to a point where I wasn't able to manage everything on my own. Um, and you know, my husband didn't really have the knowledge to kind of take that on because there was so much fine print in these contracts. I was, it was just starting to get really scary because the contracts went from being a few hundred dollars to a few thousand dollars. And I'm like, well, you know, we really need to start reading this fine print. Um, so it was just nice to have like the backing of like a legal team and a management company that was, you know, going to kind of have my back in that. What are the pros and cons of working with a talent agency? What do you like Um, about it? What do you not like about it? I mean, in terms of cons, it's definitely like um, in the beginning, you just kind of have to get on the same page. Yeah. Um, So it's definitely like a work in process, just like any relationship um, and just kind of communicating your concerns um, because they have a certain way of doing things and you have a certain way of doing things, being an entrepreneur and being like kind of independent in your business and making the decisions for yourself. And now you have a management team that's almost, they're not making decisions for you, but you know, they, they have an influence in the decisions that are being made now. Um, so it's definitely like com- communicating with them and making sure you're on the same page. And that does take a little bit of time to do. Yeah. Uh, but luckily we, we got there. Um, and in terms of pros, it's definitely uh, like it takes the workload off by far. Um, and it gives you that kind of bit of a security blanket in terms of like knowing you'll ha- have some kind of like um, a little bit more consistent income coming in. That's great. Yeah, that's very important, especially now during the pandemic. Yeah. Um, So with the talent agency, did you reach out to them or did they reach out to you? How did that process look? How did you go about finding the right talent agency? Um, I'd had talent agencies reach out to me several times and I've had some really bad experiences with it. And this talent agency that I'm signed to, he was really persistent. Um, And I don't know, I just had a good feeling when I had my meeting with him and it just it, it just fit. What has been your favorite brand collaboration so far? I know you've worked with a lot of different brands. Um, so. I think 
I think Dyson or L'Oreal were by far my two favorite, like coolest experiences. Cause I was, um, you know, they like fly you out and you get to like go to cool events with L'Oreal. I, I did two commercials with them, which was really fun. So the experiences with those two collaborations was by far my favorite. That's so exciting. And did that help? Um, did the talent agency help you connect with those brands? Do you think that you would have gotten them otherwise? Um, well, Dyson is a company I worked with before. Um, so they were one of my contacts, but L'Oreal is, uh, it, that they came in through the agency for sure. So you're a mother of three. How do you yes. balance your work with your, with your family life being a mother? Um, especially now, like during the pandemic, everybody's at home. So I mean, it's actually easier since the pandemic started, to be honest, because they're all here and I don't have to run around all over the place. So I kind of do my work and then they just kind of hang out there and they're around. So, um, yeah. So speaking of the pandemic, did you notice any difference with your brand collaborations and sponsorships since then? Yeah. I mean, like when we were in the heat of it, when we first went on lockdown, all of our collaborations froze. And that was pretty much every single blogger that I knew um, because companies just didn't know how they were going to be moving forward. And a lot of them had to like rebrand everything. Um, So yeah, everything kind of halted and paused. I think I had like three or four collaborations in the work at at works at that time. And yeah, all of them went mute. (laughs) And then what happened after that? Like when did things start going back to normal if, if they have? Um, it took a few weeks. It took like three or four weeks. Um, and they, like right after lockdown and then things slowly started getting back to pretty much normal. Yeah. So would you say things are back to normal now and things are looking better? Yeah. I mean, it feels pretty much the same as before now. That's great. That's so good to hear. So I like to ask people about their self-care routine. And I know that as a former hairdresser and you know a lot about hair, what do you do for self-care when it comes to your hair? Um, I do a lot of like DIY hair treatments at home. What are your favorites? A lot of, um, I love doing like hot oil treatments. Those are by far my favorite. Um, And I love doing a lot of like scalp treatments. I take a lot of really long baths. Um, I try and get a bath in every few days. That's kind of like my therapy session. Yeah. So let's talk about the hot oil treatments. What do they consist of and how often do you do it? Um, So it's basically a, a blend of oils. And you just heat it up and then you just apply it on your hair like roots to ends and you massage it in. And then you can leave it in for like 20 minutes or so. But I usually like wrap it up and I sleep with it. And then I'll take a shower in the morning and rinse it out. Oh, nice. So what kind of oils do you use? Is it like olive oil? Um, I use a lot of like coconut, almond, grapeseed. And then I'll add a lot of um, like eucalyptus, tea tree, things like that. And you just leave it on overnight for like hair growth and for nourishment. Yeah, pretty much. Is there anything specific that you would recommend for hair growth? Uh, hair growth, I mean, hair loss is usually like an internal problem. So anytime I've, I have clients that, that are experiencing hair loss, I always tell them to go get their blood work done. And most of the time it's an iron deficiency or, or a lack of some kind of nutrient that's causing the hair loss. A lot of times it's like hormonal changes due to like medication or... Um, you know, any, any reason that they could be having hormone changes like, uh, pregnancy, postpartum. Um, and a lot of times it has to do with stress. So Very those true. are the three usually like main 
main reasons people are losing hair. Yeah. I take a bunch of vitamins for my hair. And like, for some reason, it just doesn't grow as fast as I would like it to. So like, I'm a huge fan of hair extensions for that reason. So I was asking like for like personal reasons. I'm like, what do you use for hair growth? You have such nice, beautiful hair. But yeah, I've used castor oil. I mean, a huge part of it is your genetics as well, right? Like my hair, it looks exactly like my mom's. So (laughs) yeah, apart. Yeah, it could be genetics too. Um, And I have like naturally curly hair, which I never wear curly, but curly hair is also more likely to get damaged more easily from heat styling and extensions and bleach and things like that. So that's... Yeah, because curly hair is naturally dry. Yeah. Yeah. So what is your routine when it comes to hair? So you said you do a treatment once a week for oil? Once or twice a week. Yeah. Once or twice twice a week, I'll do some kind of treatment. And I do every time I shampoo my hair, I do hair masks every single time. Um, What is your favorite hair mask? uh, Right now I'm using... Gosh, there's so many... Um, which one am I using right now? I'm using, um, living proof right now. It's in my shower. I'm trying that one out and unite has a really good one. Unite. Yeah. Unite. Yeah. That one's really good for like really thick, dense hair like mine. Mm -hmm. So those are the two new ones I'm playing around with right now. Nice. I'm using Kerastase right now, which is, um, it's the first time I'm using that brand, but my hairstylist recommended it to me and she said, just use Kerastase for an entire month. So I'm doing that right now to see if it'll make a difference, but I really, I like living proof as well. Living proof is great. So what else do you do for self-care when it comes to like your morning and evening routine? What does your skincare routine look like? Um, So right now I'm using a lot of Clarins. I just got onto Clarins a few uh, weeks ago. So they just have like their like, um, um, like morning routine and their like evening routine, but there's like, um, like a cleanser, um, an oil, and um, like a morning cream and a nighttime cream. And, the, and then I'm also using like an under eye cream for them. And then I also do a lot of DIYs for my skin depending on like what's going on. If I'm having like acne or if I'm experiencing dryness or um, I'm feeling like a little bit too oily. So it just kind of fluctuates depending on where my skin's at. Yeah, let's talk about those DIYs for a second. So what do you do for like, for example, acne if you break out? What is a good DIY for that? So there's like a charcoal mask, uh, sorry, a charcoal uh, soap that I make for acne. Um, uh, That one works really well. So I kind of have that on hand and I I make it and I keep it on hand in case I'm having like a breakout. Wow. Is there a tutorial for how to make these? Yeah, it's on my channel. (laughs) That's awesome. Okay, I need to check it out. (laughs) And what about for dryness? Um, For dryness, I do a lot of um, just like regular moisturizing, really. Um, A lot of like my morning and nighttime creams. That's pretty much all I use for like the dryness. Yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely going to check out the charcoal one because I still break out occasionally and it's so annoying. I don't know if it's my skin purging. Like anytime I use like a new product, I break out. So I don't know if it's the product or if it's just my skin trying to purge all the oils. (laughs) Right. Um, so what is next for your career? What is your ultimate goal? You've built this amazing community and they are very loyal. What is next? Are you planning to continue this full time? Are you planning to create a business, write a book? I mean, this is definitely not something that we're going to be doing full time. It's definitely something that we're doing just for now. Me and my husband have been actually, you know, working hard behind the scenes, working on a few things, or actually just getting a team together right now. Um, and we have several options. We don't really know which direction we're going in just yet. We're in the middle of kind of just figuring it out, weighing out all of our options. 
Nice. So are you um, connected with like other influencers who help mentor you or like you exchange ideas off of that can sort of help propel you to that next level? All the time. I'm in so many chat groups with influencers, um, even just like on Instagram um, or WhatsApp. And we talk regularly all the time about the industry and everything that's going on. Yeah, that's super important. So for somebody that's looking to, you know, start blogging and, you know, do this full time, become a full time influencer, what advice do you have? Um, Just stay consistent and be yourself and do something that like don't create content just for attention, create content that's actually going to bring value to people. And figure out what your what purpose or value you want to bring to the table and and stick to that. And it'll fall into place a little bit easier as opposed to just trying to figure out what people want to see all the time. Just kind of figure out what you want to share. Just have fun with it. Don't compare yourself to other people and just kind of listen to your instinct in the direction that you want to go and kind of stick to it. And don't change your mind uh, based on like one or two times of trying something. Try it a million times before you kind of perfect it, before you make your decision on whether or not you want to move forward. I feel like a lot of people, influencers that I'm talking to, they quit so early and it's like, well, you only tried it X amount of times. You have to try a little bit longer. (laughs) Right. Because the videos that you mentioned that went viral were just very different from the other content that was being put out there, right? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was different. It was eye-catching. And it just helped distinguish you from everybody else. Are you on TikTok, by the way? I just started TikTok. I'm not very active on it. (laughs) Are you looking to use TikTok as like a as like part of your brand and I mean I'm I'm scared to get attached to it I keep hearing that it's gonna be like banned oh yeah right um, <laughs> but you're in Toronto so it shouldn't be yeah probably yeah. won't be banned I mean most of my following is from the U.S. so <laughs> oh yeah I don't think it'll end up being banned I think eventually you know a U.S. Com- maybe Microsoft will end up buying it but I know yeah. <laughs> but TikTok is very addicting. I will say that. So it's such a problem. <laughs> it really is. Yeah, true. Do you create like a strategy for your Instagram page or and YouTube? Like what does that strategy look like? I usually try to keep a nice mix of a uh, beauty, DIY, family and um, like food recipes. Um, so it's just kind of keeping a consistent balance of all of that because I want it to be a little bit well-rounded and I don't want it to be a specific niche in only hairdressing like it was when I first started. I I like that it's transitioned more into a lifestyle page. So just kind of keeping the balance of a a variety of content. Nice. And do you have a, like a calendar schedule? Do you schedule things in advance or do you like Um, to do things in real time? I have um, like a, um, I'll make a schedule for the week. And I do that like the week of. <laughs> oh, that's not. Yeah, I think that's doable yeah. for a lot of people. Yeah. That's, that's yeah. just good to have. I yeah. tend not to schedule my content, but right. successful people do. So <laughs> maybe I should start doing that. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you so much for your time. It was great having you. And where can everybody find you on social media? Um, so my uh, YouTube channel is Ariba Pervase, and then my Instagram is Ariba underscore Pervase.